the music. All right, race fans, let's get rowdy. The next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only, racing. From the third tracks of the Carolinas to the super speedways of Daytona and Talladega, no race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the Rowdy Maglite Show. the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right good morning it's monday morning the day after homestead miami speedway race and we have some stories for you this weekend or today from this past weekend but guys we got Kyle Magna. We got Daytona time coming in. We got a full show. We'll have all three series winners and talk about some stories that we may have found out you didn't know. So hang on, Kyle. How's everything in PA? Route is raining here, but uh, there was some racing over the weekend. The seventy-five thousand dollar to win National Open at Williams Grove Speedway. Uh, the Eastern States, 200 in Orange County, Ferris Speedway, Middletown, New York. Uh, big races going on. Uh, end of the year for Port Royal. Uh, 305 past sprints in, in town there on Friday night. You know, Baps Motor Speedway, 410 sprints the night before the National Open. So a lot going on. Um, wish could have been a homestead with you, but unfortunately I want to back it out of it. Um, and try to get to Daytona in February. But uh, Rowdy, it uh, looks like the track, uh, Homestead Miami Speedway, was very racy. Uh, looks like you were able to 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 you know shift the lines around. Whoever ran, I think I think I think I think Caden Honeycutt was right. I think whoever ran the wall was the best. Who did the best? Uh, I felt like the groove kind of widened out, you know, throughout the weekend. Kind of was a bottom feeder kind of deal at the end of the start of the day. But then uh, it looked like at the end of the day after that, uh, you know, just uh, you know the top the top prevailed and Larson won up. Kyle Larson dominated at 199 to 267 laps, and uh, he's now in the uh, well. Now he's in the owner's title, Rowdy. I forgot about that. The five's in the owner's title, so they do have something to race for at Phoenix here in a few weeks. Well, Kyle, both of us called that race. Who's the winner? I said it when we heard the composite body coming out. I said Kyle Larson's going to win there. He's going to win big because this is the way it start started out, guys. We had practice in the truck series on Friday in Xfinity. The guys, you had a group of guys, Noah Gregson being one of them, jumped up on in the Xfinity practice. He started, stayed on the high line. He run it, practiced the whole day. And then in race, in racing circles, you know, on race day, he stayed up there, brought it home. Truck Series, same thing. They were guys, Kyle never tried to get up there and run that high line. But like we had said last, well, 2019, I want to say it was last year, 2019 was last race there when Xfinity had composite cars and the walls was marked up. (laughs) After that Xfinity race, the walls were marked up. Also, Cup race. The walls were marked up big time all around it, Kyle. 
I mean, those guys was running just inches off. And then when you walk through the garage and look at the cars, those wraps, a lot of the wrap on these most of the majority of those cars was scuffed off where they scuffed the wall. You know, Denny Hamlin, to me, had the, the hardest day trying to keep from hitting that wall harder. His car was scuffed worse than anybody's stayed in the race and was competitive. Rowdy, uh, Denny Hamlin, first of all, I think Denny Hamlin would have won that race if it was probably an hour later. Um, you know, the sun sets about 6, I think it's 6.40-some local time in Homestead, Miami. And that, that's what I was interested to see, Rowdy, when you were there. Um, and I'm interested to hear what Daytona Tom has to say about this as well. Uh, the transition of the day into the night, I mean, did the track change any? Uh, do either of you see that? You know, in the You know, with the sunset being at about 6:48, and then, uh, you know, with uh, with the. Hey, Tom, jump in there with that one, okay? I think Rowdy's getting him ready, and I think we got Daytona Tom on now. Daytona Tom, what do you think? What do you, what, what are your thoughts of Homestead Miami Speedway? What did you see over the weekend? Maybe having a little Rowdy, can he hear us? I, I, Kyle, I'm not sure. I, I'm he's on the phone, but let me jump over there real quick, Kyle. Can you hear us? We can't hear you. Kyle, it did. Tra- I mean, there. You you was exactly right. If Hamlin would have had a little bit more darkness, that car was coming around. He would have come around to him. He was right. They brought Hamlin back into the uh, media center to talk about, uh, I'll have it posted on YouTube, his little press conference in, in the deadline room before the race about the situation asking what was Bubba's punishment, and he said they were going to keep it in-house and, and keep it to themselves. And, uh, but, Kyle, pretty good racing all weekend, man. Uh, Homestead, Miami. I was able to go. I was invited to go downtown to downtown Miami. Uh, they had a program down there to let downtown Miami be aware that Homestead was having a race. They had all three series cars there and the NASCAR officials and, Really, really nice play at Bayside Market, and we thank them. Then we rode back into uh, Homestead. Kyle, what you think about practice again? I like seeing that because uh, the reason I say that is because it's nice to have a regular weekend back, uh, to have a full practice. Tom, can you hear us? We can't hear you. But uh, you know, it kind of it kind of got strung out a little bit there. Um, you know, toward the end. I mean, that's that's what was nice about the truck race. There wasn't really any like wrecks or anything in the in the race. And uh, I mean, Ty Majeski, I wasn't surprised he was up there. But man, once he took the lead, he just drove away. Uh, Dane Smith went ran with him for a little bit after the final pit stop, but he couldn't keep up with him. So. 
Ty Majewski, two wins in the round of eight. Um, it'll be him, Ben Rhodes, getting over, getting in by a point over Stuart Friesen, who will be actually going for the owner's title. The 52 truck will be at Phoenix. So there is something to race for Stuart Friesen, who did finish second to Matt Shepard in the Eastern States 200 at Orange County Fair Speedway Sunday, the day after his uh, his truck race rowdy. And actually wound up going to Orange County that night and running the, the super, uh, the, the small block super, or excuse me, the small block modified the 358. So. 34th to 5th for Stuart Friesen and that. So, uh, yeah, just, you know, changing everything around that quick from Homestead to Miami to Orange County, New York. Uh, just a busy weekend. Uh, the NASCAR Xfinity race, I didn't get to see it. But, uh, yeah, uh, Noah Gregson finally getting the win. Uh, Rowdy, I had two of the three winners this weekend. I had Noah Gregson in the Xfinity race, Kyle Larson in the Cup race. And, Rowdy, I thought for sure, and I know I, I told you this, uh, I thought Stuart Friesen was going to walk away with that truck race. I thought, at one point, I thought he would. But um, it just seemed like the truck just got, it, it did get going. It, like, it was a good long-run truck, but by the time he tried to catch Ty Majeski, Ty Majeski already had 13 seconds on Stuart Friesen. So um, kind of got strung out, but I like, I like the day races at Homestead. I don't know what the problem is about running night races all the time there. Um, I'm fine with the day races. I think the day races are a better race, to be honest. Um, I think the track's a little more slick, you know, with the weather you had this weekend. In the 80s, it was going to be hot, and I think whoever ran the high line the best, like Kyle Larson, I, I figured was going to prevail because, you know, and I, I said this, and I, I know I told you this, Rowdy. I said, if it's a day race and it stays as a day race the whole race, more than likely Kyle Larson's going to come away with the win, so... Uh, late, another thing I want to say, uh, Rowdy, before I throw it back to you, uh, Tyler Reddick kind of disappointed with how he ran. I thought he'd be up there. Um, he was running top five early on, then he crashed. Um, just a bad break for him, you know, especially with him going to 23-11 next year. But, uh, man, I thought, I thought, uh, oh, no, I want to I get your thoughts on the, uh, the thing, Rowdy, the pit road thing with Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Larson. I feel like you missed the pit stall. What do you think? I think so too, Kyle. When we play Ty Majeski, and uh, we'll get back to that to uh, to that little episode. I, I, and I'm gonna jump over here and, and see what's going on with Tom's phone. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, we have the final four now set for the NASCAR Campbell Truck Series. Uh, Noah Gregson advances to the championship four with his teammate Josh Berry. So, uh, Rowdy, we got some playoff things going on. Uh, I just want to say I think Homestead's a good not, – it's not a bad spot in the, in the schedule where they're at right now. Um, I think the, the championship race drew a lot better, but still I think the racing was really good. Um, I know Kyle Larson dominated, but there was a lot of racing. I think, you know, Ross Chastain, Adrian Allmendinger late in the race was really good. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. coming back. So, Rowdy, how about we play a winner here when we get Tom figured out? Yeah, that's what I say. Go on and play Ty Majeski. If you got him. All right. Joined by our NASCAR Camping World Truck Series race winner here at Homestead Miami Speedway, Ty Majeski, driver of the number 66 Thor Sport Racing Toyota. We'll go right into questions for Ty. Start with Steve. Steve Post Motor Racing Network. Ty, you had actually told us in a pre-race about super late model. 
and I think somewhere during the conversation on the radio, I actually heard someone talk about Pensacola. Um, how did the track compare? Was it, was it what you hoped for? Obviously, the performance was good, but how did the track, the old worn-out factor, compare to, to what you might be used to? Yeah, it's incredibly low grip. Uh, my spotter, Brandon Lyons, we, we go way back. We used to, he used to spot for Harrison Burton uh, back in uh, probably like uh, 20... 14-ish to like 2017 or 18, and uh, we had a lot of battles um, over the course of our careers, um, and uh, you know we, we spent a lot of time racing at Pensacola, of course, for the Snowball Derby, and uh, he kept telling me just like Pensacola, smooth and straight. Um, you know th- this place, a lot like Pensacola, is just you know no grip, very coarse. Uh, we're down here close to the beach. There's sand in the air. It weathers away. You know all the all the pieces of asphalt and the and the rocks are the stones are left and it, it wears the tires. So uh, you've got to be mindful of that. You know, if you push too hard in the beginning, you're going to pay the price late in a run. And um, that's the mentality you have to have while racing a, a super at Pensacola. And um, a lot of that correlates here in these trucks. So um, thankfully the truck was good enough. I, I didn't have to manage too, too much. Um, I tried to do a little bit there. I know the first, you know, five laps are very important. And um, I gave up a little bit after the first stage dropped back. I think I restarted, um, fourth or fifth and um, just kind of settled in, in, in line there and um, those guys were racing pretty hard and then five laps later it was it was going to the front so um, you know just pretty cool to you know have that relationship with Brandon um, our our history and uh, we used to like I said we used to feud uh, we used to get into it with each other and stuff so it's kind of cool to come full circle he's spawned for me does a great job all right next we'll yeah. go to Dalton Hopkins here in the center Hi, Don Hopkins from FrontStretch.com, uh, and i got to follow up after this. Did, were you aware of how close it was between Ben Rhodes, your teammate, and Stuart Friesen for the cutoff point, and did you know just, I mean, were you were you being told that at all, or were you just focused up at the front? No, uh, I, had, I had no idea what the, what the point situation was. I knew it had to be close. I knew the 99 had a good first stage. The 52 had a good second stage. So um, I knew it was close. I wasn't quite aware of, you know, what the points position were, um, you know, you know, leading the race, where you know that's our focus is just trying to stay ahead of the 38, uh, giving me gaps out back to try and try and maintain that gap without um, abusing the tires in case of a late race caution. And also, Ben said uh, after the race that he should be borrowing notes from you for Phoenix. He feels like that you're more of a favorite for that race. Do you feel the same way? Uh, you know, it's a new race, right? I feel like we certainly have momentum on our side, winning two of the last uh, three here. Um, on, on different types of racetracks, you know, short track at Bristol and then, um, you know, a, a, mile, a low grip mile and a half like Homestead, two very different racetracks. I feel like um, just generally speaking, Joe and I have been re- clicking really well uh, the back half of this season. Uh, we had good finishes early on in the year, but we've been able to consistently put whole races together uh, throughout this back half of the year. So um, I can't really say who the favorite is and who isn't, but uh, regardless, I, I really like my chances going to Phoenix. Over here to Jerry Jordan. Jerry Jordan, Kingfish Net. Um, you're out there, you're leading. You've got Zane behind you. You know this is, was he was in, but he he wanted to win, obviously. Uh, for, for you, what's it like to be the spoiler in in, in this race that, that set things up for Phoenix? I think you know. Uh, I guess the spoiler from the standpoint, none of the cutoff guys won, right? But I feel like um, you know we've been you know one of the four strongest trucks throughout the back half of this season um you know like i said i feel really good about where our team's at 
Um, you know, we, we put a full-fledged effort in for, for this race, um, but our focus has, has really been on Phoenix since we won Bristol. So um, to come out here with a strong effort like this, we came pretty aggressive uh, from, a, from a package perspective, hoping to learn for next year on, on these types of racetracks. And um, I feel pretty good about where our package is at, and I uh, just need to fine-tune a little bit more and, uh, and keep building on it. All right, we'll go back to MRN for a follow-up. Dave Moody from MRN and Sirius XM. Can you speak, is there a tangible value to, by the time you go to Phoenix, being undefeated in the truck series for a month? Is there, is there a tangible edge to that, or is it just feel good? I don't know. It's, uh, it obviously feels good, right? It's, there's a, you know, we didn't have a great Talladega whatsoever. Um, you know, we we're, you know, in a position leading early on in the race, and I felt like guys were just too aggressive and um, fell to the back on purpose and then never really could go anywhere. Uh, just the, I think the package that uh, the engine package and the restrictor plate, um, it's hard to form runs at Talladega now. And so we want to get our, our, our momentum back going into Phoenix. I, I feel like, you know, like I said before, um, you know, our team has been really strong in the back half of this season. And um, we really want to come here with a good run, um, you know, build to Phoenix and, and carry that momentum. And, um, you know, I wasn't, you know, didn't know we were going to win today. I thought we were decent in practice. Um, but that first run we fired off and just, um, you know, hauling through the field. I, I knew we had a good chance at it if we get out front. Any additional questions for Ted? Okay, come up to Bob. I'm Bob Pockers, Fox Sports. I have a couple. The first, do you wish the championship race was tomorrow? I don't know. Um, I want more time to massage on our Phoenix truck. Uh, you know, like I said, we've been working on it, you know, since Bristol. Um, obviously, the momentum is great, uh, but we want we want some time to massage on it. We feel like we've had an advantage knowing that, you know, we're going to Phoenix for about a month now. So um, we've been massaging on that truck. Like I said, we put, a, you know, obviously a full effort into this one, but um, I've been to the simulator, um, you know, three times this year before um, the back half of this season just for the three road courses. I've already been there three times just for Phoenix, so I haven't personally done any simulator um, at Homestead. So our focus has been on Phoenix, and um, like I said, I feel good about our chances. And, I mean, are you feeling any pressure? I mean, this is, you know, we always talk about where you were a few years ago, and, and now to have, you know, having won two races in the, in the semifinal round and probably what most people would consider a, a favorite to win. I, I never I, – I don't think anybody thought – uh, we were going to be in this position, uh, you know, to answer your question, I, I don't feel any pressure. I feel like we've already overachieved what everybody thought we were, we were going to be able to do. Um, although I, I, I believed in the team surrounding me. Um, and when we started, you know, running good this year and, and strung together some top five finishes and uh, the May and June months, um, I knew we just, we were just right on that cusp of breaking out. And I knew once that we could get that first one, um, they would come a little, a little easier. So, um, thankfully, that's that's been the case. I feel, like I said, really, really good about where our team's at. Um, I feel like we've done our job this season. It's incredibly hard to make it to Phoenix. There's so many factors that have to play in in your favor to to come out on top. Uh, you have to perform and execute. You know, pick your has to be good. I have to do my job, and um, you know, it all has to come together. So, um, in my opinion, you know, once you make it to Phoenix, you know, you've done your job as a race team. And you just, um, you know, go, to the, go do the best you can and um, do, you know, cross your T's, dot your I's, do everything you can to, to best prepare for, for the championship race. Any final questions for Ty? 
All right, Ty, congratulations. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Boy, Kyle, that, that's a big win for Ty Majeski. He's had two great wins, and I think ensured that he'll be back for more. I mean, he's a great super late model driver. He kind of struggled a little bit in the truck series. But this year, Kyle, he looks like uh, he's getting to be a kind of a little bit of a natural in there. Yeah, he's been doing really good, Rowdy. I, I think I told you to keep your eye out on him. I, I, I felt like that team was going to excel. Uh, I know that, you know he led some laps at uh, Lucas Oil Raceway in Indianapolis Raceway Park. I think that's what it's called. I don't know. But uh, Indianapolis, he led some laps, thought he was in good position to win that race, and then track position kind of bit him. But uh, Bristol was the other way around. Uh, happened to be in the right place at the right time, pitted early, got track position, locked himself into the championship four, and that's not a bad way to get your first truck win uh, when you lock into the playoffs uh, for a title. And then uh, Homestead, uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't surprised. I mean, you know, Ty Majeski being more of an asphalt late model guy, uh, not surprised how well he ran in that race. Uh, you know, I thought Zane Smith did really good. Um, but, but I know we were saying this earlier, it was, it was good to see a day, like a day race at Homestead, like other than the Cup Series, like the Truck Series or somebody else. I like to, I like to see that. I like to have the doubleheader. Uh, running the truck race, you know, and then the heat of the day, and then having, the, you know, the Xfinity race with it, you know, back to 300 miles, too, by the way, um, you know, with that being, you know, day to night, so, uh, you know, a good doubleheader, I think, you know, it looked like it was a really nice weekend there, you know, other than that little rain shower on Friday, it just seemed like everything else uh, worked out for you guys. Well, what we did, it, guys, is uh, I covered down pit row, uh, Daytona Tom covered the stands. Uh, um, what was your observation of the race from the stands, the truck race? Well, it's, it's, it's a great view. I was right down um, almost in the turn one across from the from the lead pit box. So I got to see um, um, John Hunter made frequent visits, unfortunately, to the, uh, to the pits. John Hunter Dimacek, uh, had he had a lot of issues. But, um, you know, it got, it, what was great, and I'll post some pictures, you got to see it from an elevation, uh, saw all the pre-race ceremonies there. Um, it, was, it was a great view. The view was tremendous. Well, they had it all painted up in beautiful beach colors. Uh, it, it, it had a so – that new logo, Tom, everybody was talking about how well they liked the new logo. It just matched. It matched the track. I don't know who come up with that, but it seems to fit uh, Homestead, Miami. And uh, they were short of – there was a few things they did not have because of uh, the new logo. They had not got the, some of the merchandise in. But as normal, uh, I walked and I both walked away with a nice insulated drinking cooler. Uh, got Kyle's got a program. It was just a great weekend. And then uh, we went back, Tom come down, and for the Xfinity race, uh, we watched some of it from pit row. We watched some from uh, the front observation deck. And then also we went back out into turn two where they were actually leaving the black mark. And, and Tom knows this. He was there. Noah Gregson at practice, he went straight to the high line and stayed there. And then when he come for the restart, where did Noah go? He went. He took the high the high position, 
and took the lead. I didn't see Tom. You, Gibbs to me had no play into the, to this game like he normally has in a in a race in the past. Yeah, although he was you're talking about uh, Ty Gibbs, he was um, um, he was he was in the top tier there for a while, and then he kind of faded. Well, you know, he was second, wasn't he? Yeah. Ty has done an absolutely wonderful job being able, at his young age, to be pushed up with the older guys driving in the Cup Series in a car that he knew nothing about. And that car, and Kyle, you mentioned it. We've talked about it. If they had a run that line with a steel body, they didn't have enough Goodyear tires down there in pit road to work on because in the past we've seen it. The tires are going to go. And here again, guys, I've said it all along. When it gets down to championship race day, that single nut's going to play a factor in who's the, who's the champion of NASCAR. Um, well, I'll tell you what, I think that, that might be the unsung story. We didn't have any wheels fall off yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I would have, uh, like I would have wagered, I would have wagered we'd have seen one. I would have too. It, it was a flawless day, but it's going to have to go off just like that come Phoenix. I had a question for Tom. Now I know I wanted to ask him. Uh, Daytona, Tom, uh, how was the track? Because, you know, I know we were talking about, you know, the wall being the fast way around. I mean, how did the track look from your vantage point throughout the races? And, you know, did you notice any big change when it went from day to night at, at all? I, I did not notice any significant change from through, through the day. Um, I think they made minor adjustments when, when they when they pitted. And, um, boy, I didn't – I don't – other than initial setup, I don't think the track was that much of a factor. Hey, it was a pretty clean race, green flag race yesterday. I mean, look, there wasn't a whole lot of cars tore up as we've seen in the past. Uh, seemed like everybody kind of raced sensible, and we didn't see no uh, nonsense going on. So we got kind of uh, calm yesterday. It, it did. It did. Uh, a lot rolling on yesterday. And so the next race we roll into Martinsville. I don't, I don't know who I like for that race yet. I, I don't know if I like the Gibbs guys or the Hendrick guys. I, I, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I, th- I think the Gibbs guys have to uh, have to show some stuff here. Yeah, I do too. Uh, it, it, it's time they've got they got to step it up. Denny looked good, but it, it, it's got to be stepped up, guys. But Noah Gray, Noah Gregson had a, a pretty listen. Noah Gregson had a good run in that forty-eight car. Rowdy, I told you that. I said I wasn't. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up running good in that car. Yeah, you did, uh, and he did. He lived up to it. 
But no, <laughs> listen, you never know what to expect when Noah comes into the press room or on Victory Lane. Uh, <laughs> I think Noah's going to probably end up being in cup a couple of times the most popular driver. There's a lot of people like Noah Gregson. He's got a large following. And, and Noah, guys, does what I say that they've got to do. Noah goes out and connects with the fans. I mean, they did the – this is my question. How long is NASCAR going to let these guys climb these fences? When's the hammer going to fall on that? <laughs> it will. Well, it's – I mean, you're competing with a championship and you're uh, 15, 18 off, feet off the ground hanging on a chain link fence. It, I like but, it, but it's still – Still can come back to get you really quick, guys. Yeah, and then, you know, it might take care of itself. You know, guys like Tony Stewart used to do it, and then he got too big. Hey, Kyle, hit that Noah Gregson, and let's listen to Noah Gregson in the deadline room. By the winner of today's contender votes 300, Noah Gregson, driver of the number nine Bass Pro Shops True Timber BRCC Chevrolet for Junior Motorsports. Uh, we will open it up to questions for Noah. If you have a question, please raise your hand. We'll get a wireless microphone to you. We'll start up front here with Holly. Congratulations, Noah. Um, I just wanted you to talk a little bit about what this is in terms of maybe even a relief. You've had such a dominant season, a career year. Now you definitely are in for the championship four. Yeah, I'm not. Tonight's not about locking into the championship four. Um, it's about all the hardship that we've had here at Homestead the last three races. I mean, straight up kicking their ass and get a caution and, and don't have a very good short run car in, in the past. And getting beat um, or running into the back of a lapper, cords a tire with two to go. Um, felt like we probably should have four of them here, and we only got one. So coming into the weekend, I, I really wanted to win this one more than any other race in my entire career. And we weren't great on the short run today either. Um, the 21 was really good. The 16 was really good. The 18, but uh, you know, it's just just believing in uh, in our group, Luke Lambert and the rest of the Bass Pro Shop team. They had great pit stops, great adjustments all race. Um, didn't really feel like I I was as dominant um, running the fence as I have been years past. I don't know if that's the new Cup car. All of us were right on the fence and practice in the cup car um, where you don't really see that um, in, in typical cup practice or the last couple of years, uh, no practice. So by the end of our races, that's when the top's really starting to come in and you got you to gotta work up there where it was ready to go from lap one just with all the rubber being laid down and it being cleaned off. So with that being said, it uh, I don't know, it, I didn't feel... Great up there. I, f I felt really good up there, but not great like in the past. So, um, 
you know, we, we still had a pretty big lead there at the last caution. I was like, damn it, not again, you know, but uh, Luke made great adjustments and we were able to hold him off. I'm going to go over here to Jerry in the left, on the left. Jerry Jordan kicking the tires that net. Got a couple. Um, so you're locked in, and but the, if you get Phoenix, you win this championship. Does, is there more pressure on you to, to win the championship or to give JRM the championship as, as your parting gift to them? I just want to win races. Um, I mean, a championship is, is really big in this sport, but you've seen guys dominate the whole season and get to the final four and might run third or fourth and, um, you know, might struggle just a bit or, or get beat in one race. But for a majority part of the season, I think that I don't want you guys to take this the wrong way. A, a championship is, is the pinnacle in, um, you know, just everything. But I think a dominant season is right up there with a championship um, in this day and age where you uh, you can make the Final Four. That's a championship in itself, in my opinion. And uh, you get one race to really do it at a track where I wish they still had the championship race here, but they don't. Um, we won earlier in the spring at, at Phoenix. But all I know is we're going to show up prepared. We're going to execute to the highest level. We've been executing as a championship team, and um, I just hope, you know, after the the season ends, that people remember the season as the nine team was the dominant team. And you've accumulated several really cool trophies. Where does this one go in your trophy case, or and and you know, is it alongside the ice cream cone, or? <laughs> yeah, the ice cream cone is pretty bitching. Um, I think this one, just with the story um, of how much hard work, the losses, the adversity, the pressure, my last race in Xfinity at, at Homestead, um, everything combined, that's what makes this moment so special. Um, normally these things sink in and I'm pretty fired up after the, the race ends, but I just know how much hard work has gone into um, winning here and um, trying to get this trophy, and um, it's pretty emotional right now. We'll go to Bob. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we can do it. I feel like we've one on late race restarts, Bristol comes to mind on 100 lap older tires, being able to hold those guys off, uh, bringing the fence. Pressure moments like this definitely give you that experience needed uh, when you get maybe in that position at Phoenix. But um, yeah, right now it's just trying to learn and be better each and every day. And this will definitely be a, a step in the right direction. Uh, you know, after losing those two, in the doubleheader in, in 2020 on late race restarts. Um, I didn't know if we were going to be able to do it, um, but just believing in, in Luke and all that, and our team, we're really, really tight and, and have something special going right now. So um, really fortunate to be able to, to be with such a great team who, uh, you know, supports me and I support them no matter what. And 
um, we got each other's back uh, till till the end. So I'm extremely grateful, and it's definitely satisfying. Go right here in the middle. Jared Haas with FrenchStretch.com. No, you've obviously been performed pretty well here at Homestead um, in contention for the last four races. What makes it Homestead a very good track for you with your racing style? Is it running the high groove or conserving tires? What's your thoughts on that? Uh, so we came here, this might be kind of a longer story, but we came here in 2019 with Dave Ellens and he came down here in 2017 and 2018 with William Byron and Tyler Reddick and they did their rookie test here. And we also did a two-day rookie test here in 2019 when I drove for Dave my first year at Junior Motorsports, first year in Xfinity. And came down here, ran two laps on the bottom and 398 on the top. And we brought, you know, three right sides, three tails, uh, rebuilt the car and just learned how to get that feel right up against the wall. Uh, my earliest memory at Homestead was... Uh, 2016 in the Xfinity race, Kyle Larson in the Enios 42 car, uh, it was like a red car. He was, or maybe it was 2017, uh, he was really good running the fence and watching it on the spotter stand, watching him get into turn one, taking notes of how he was able to do it, coming here and testing, learning, all that stuff. Um, yeah, I give a lot of credit to Dave Ellens and his mindset on, you know, getting around this place. Obviously, with the championship race here in the past, that was a big priority to come down here and test. And um, that's given me confidence on these other mile and a half, Las Vegas, Fontana, um, Kansas, Darlington, uh, places where you have to run right up there against the wall sometimes late in a race. And I love this track, worn out. Um, you definitely burn the tires off and, for me personally, it's not, I don't worry about tire wear at all. Um, I just worry about going fast as I can and keeping the pace on the short run for the first 15 or 20 laps till I can get to the wall. And then once I get to the, the wall, I know they're, they're pretty much fucked, you know? Um, so just uh, a lot of hard work's gone into it. A lot of simulator time with Josh Wise and Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson's been a big help uh, to learning the wall. I remember going to, uh, it was after Kansas in 2019. We went to the, the GM simulator. I ran a handful of laps, probably 50 or 60. Then Kyle got in and, and went faster than me. And then I got in and, and studied his data and went faster than him. So um, in the simulator, that is. So it's kind of a little different. But that just has given me the confidence throughout the years to, to be able to run the wall and um, this is, in my opinion, the greatest racetrack in motorsports, and uh, there's nothing like running a perfect lap, skimming the fence, scraping the decals off of it, not even touching the body, just the decals, and, um, you know, going through the corner, it's it's like making a, a swish in basketball or a hole-in-one in golf or whatever it may be. It's just such a satisfying moment, and it takes so much accuracy, so much focus, so much precision to be able to do that lap in and lap out, and... Uh, you know, just uh, extremely grateful grateful for the opportunity. I'm going to go to Jordan. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. Um, looking ahead a little bit, how excited are you for next year going to GMS? 
You know, I haven't really thought of it that much. Um, I've been so focused and so busy on this year. Obviously, I'm very excited and very grateful for Maury Gallagher and Mike Beam and the Petty family uh, for the opportunity. I'm excited to work with Eric Jones. I really look up to him. He's a great driver. I just listened to the Dale Jr. download uh, with Eric uh, and just learning more about him. I wanted to learn about him and, and get to know him more. He's kind of a, a bit quieter guy and um, that was kind of mentioned in the, the podcast, but really excited for the opportunity, but I've been so focused this year on, on just trying to win races with Junior Motorsports, be prepared when we get to the racetrack and um, you know, run the cup races, double duties, you get home Sunday night late, um, you know, either working out at JRM at 5.45 in the morning on Monday or, or down at the Chevy Tech Center with Josh Wise working out at 7.00. Um, sometimes doing two days and just trying to do every single thing and not not look back um, at the end of the year and think, man, I, I could have done a little more. Um, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm beat right now um, just throughout the week, just tired. I get home at 5 or 6 o'clock and pretty much just want to go right to bed. So um, definitely trying to apply ourselves uh it's been a great opportunity with uh, College Racing and Beard Motorsports and, and Hendrick Motorsports this year and, and testing for Petty GMS. It's It's been, I guess I've kind of have the most experience with different cars in the Cup Series this year at any one. So um, still trying to learn those, but just uh, really thankful for the opportunity and um, can't wait to get to it next year. Do we have any additional questions for Noah? You're right there in the back. John Newby, You've talked a lot during this about the adversity and, you know, accomplishing these goals. Obviously with, you know, the stuff that happened during last year's championship race and then finally conquering this, does it give you a sense of calm, I guess, knowing that, hey, if something pops up, you can pretty much handle it now? Yeah, I don't know. I think just trying to learn each and every every step of the way um, and, and become better. And, and I've made a lot of mistakes, obviously, in my career. And um, just try not to make the same mistakes twice and trying to be prepared when we get to the racetrack. Um, you know, I think the tougher road sometimes is, is almost sweeter. And kind of like this, uh, this racetrack for us, it's not gone good. And it's kind of really good till it hasn't. And, um, you know, that adversity, those challenges are, are what is going to make me better in 20 years, you know. Um, it's going to make me better, you know, five years from now, um, five years prior. It's, it's Those challenges have made me better for today. So you can never stop learning. I remember um, 2019 or 2018, we ran three races for Joe Gibbs Racing and um, you know, I think we can all agree that they had really, really good equipment um, and, and really fast stuff. Ran second in my first ever race. Not prepared at all compared to how I am now going into a race. And we were able to go out there and run second and had a really fast car. And um, then ran fourth at Talladega and seventh at Dover with a couple penalties. And I was like, man, this, this shit's pretty easy. Um, we're, we'll be close to getting a win here. And then 
you know, we're seeing if we wanted Roma Gives or if we wanted Roma Junior Motorsports and just loved, um, you know, everybody at Junior Motorsports uh, meeting with them in, in 2018 and could really tell that they believed um, in the driver I am, the person I am, and wanted to help me grow and wanted to be there along every step of the way. And um, I can honestly say it's it's the at the in 2019 we really didn't have a lot of speed in our cars. Um, I think Michael Nett won the first race at Daytona, and Justin Allgaier won the second to last race at Phoenix that year. And we were just kind of off on speed. And I was like, man, did we make the right choice? And talking to Brandon McReynolds, it, was, it didn't really matter, but you kind of overthink it. And um, it was the right choice, just because we've been able to build a program. We've been able to come together as an organization at Junior Motorsports, and it starts from the top down. Kelly, Dale, LW, um, Ryan Pemberton, uh, who's been a big part of our organization over the last several years, and then Dave Ellens and, and everybody involved, Bummy, Donnie, everybody. Um, it just, when you're able to build something up and, and come together and might not be the best to start and, um, you know, overcome those challenges and, you know, be be able to become a force to be reckoned with and the dominant guy. Um, you know, it really really means a lot, and uh, just can't thank everybody everybody who's been a part of this uh, this journey. It's taken a lot of people, and really grateful. Anything final for Noah? All right, Noah. Well, congratulations and good luck in the championship four. Thank you. Guys, Noah Gregson, he was on fire. So uh, we move on to Sunday, man. Beautiful weather, a 2.30 Eastern time start. Driver introductions, Daytona Tom and I and the captain and company all there, Andre. Great weekend, guys. We're out on the grid there. Driver's introductions, they get ready. The race starts. Kyle, you and I talked about this. Larson led a lot of laps, but didn't you say uh, Matt Kenseth had led more laps in a race than anybody else? Yeah, Rowdy, uh, Matt Kenseth led 214 of 267 laps in his victory in 2007. And if you remember, for all, for those listening, uh, Jimmy Johnson's second championship in a row. Uh, he won four straight races up to that point. I uh, got the lead from Jeff Gordon in the points, and that basically sealed it. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, Homestead always brings back a lot of memories, you know, at least a lot of title memories, you know, being the finale. And, Rowdy, if you remember, Homestead wasn't even supposed to be the finale, and it ended up being the final race in 2002. And it was like that every year until 2019. So, um, but, uh, you know, they did make a lot of renovations of the track. You know, they repaved it in 2003, which was a massive upgrade for that place. Really made it really racy. Uh, some of the best racing I think we see all years at Homestead Miami Speedway. But, um, yeah, not not surprised Kyle Larson did what he did. Um, I know we were talking. If it was a day race, I figured he was going to win. But, uh, yeah, the top came in, it looked like. It looked like the top was the, go the way to go around, at least when the tires wore out. Um, that was kind of the – it seemed like more drivers were going toward the top. Um, more the more bottoms on, after new, fresher tires. But, um I think you guys saw a really good weekend of racing. Um, I mean, I watched the truck race. I watched. I didn't get to see the Xfinity race, but 
watched most of the cup race, and I was pretty pleased with what I saw. I think it's kind of what we expected, you know. Uh, I think the battle between uh, Ross Chastain and A.J. Allmendinger was really good in the closing laps. But, Rowdy, I know we were talking about earlier, and I want to get your thoughts on this and Tom's thoughts on this. Uh, but what was what what was going through your minds when you saw Martin Truex Jr. getting spun out on pit road? Well, it sure changed the complexity of the of the game. But what I tell you though, Kyle, once I actually looked at the video itself, Truex to me did not hit his right his exact line going into the pits because uh, when it when he uh, Got bumped. He should have been in that center lane ready to go into his pit box. Tom, I'm going to let you go. You had a better aspect of it than I did, and I got to see the tape. But what what was your thoughts on that? Well, I was fortunate enough to be right near a monitor and saw that live. And um, you're right. He, Turek should have been in, I think, standard protocol is veer left, getting get to the, the center when you're about to pit. So, I, I kind of don't I don't hang that one on Larson, but uh, um, it was amazing. With the other amazing thing, when he spun around, he was perfectly in the pit box, and and the crew went to work. I just I was amazed. Everybody I was watching it with was amazed. Well, Tom and I took the we started the race after the uh, driver's introductions and the command to start the engines, we moved over to another set of uh, stands and infills and watched them as he's coming out of turn one, going into two. Pretty phenomenal place. Uh, from there, we journeyed on over to the back stretch, where, Tom, I mean, have you been much closer to the racing than if you had your car pulled up against that fence at the back stretch on the road course? I mean, you, well, of course, if they was running the high line, you were all right. But if they were down low, those cars, they put you right up to the action. And then, guys, if you'll look, they had a wonderful beach on the infield that you could actually watch the uh, race from, from the beach with a big screen. Tom covered that for a time, and I'm going to throw it back to Tom and walk us through that experience, Tom. Well, hey, that was a that was a great experience. They had a, a, a nice beach set up, sponsored by Larry's Lemonade, and uh, had, they had a big jumbotron in there. And the beach there was a good crowd in there. There was probably a hundred plus people in there, uh, a lot of bikinis, um, and it's around the lake, the internal uh, lake. So there were um, people on uh, pedal bikes, paddle bikes, uh, um, uh, paddle boards. Um, uh, it was it was great. I boy, I watched a good probably most of the um, the second stage in there, and uh, it was a, it was delightful. I didn't want to leave. It, a beautiful white beaches. I'm not talking about mortar sand color beaches. Beautiful white beach. Uh, for me, maybe Tom and I might have been just a little too old, but uh, there was a lot of people there, and it looked like fun. And if you've ever if you're Next year, if you're in a cold climate and you want to go hang out at a great place, Larry's would be it, beachside. Really a lot of entertainment, a lot of things to do, great music, big screen TV, and Tom got the experience. I did on, uh, what was that, Saturday? 
or Sunday yes. or Saturday we walked over, and so Tom could get a layout for Sunday's race. But uh, Tom, I know you're getting packed, trying to get home and helping uh, Red Thirty Eight Bill. Another great weekend tailgating with Red Thirty Eight Bill and his gang, Scott, and that guy, those guys, and. We've already got our plans in the cooking for uh, Daytona and the 24 hours. We got Frank Killen from Daytona President coming on. This week, hopefully Thursday night, we'll have Al, the track president of, of uh, Homestead, talking about his weekend and what the future plans are. But, Tom, tell us before we leave your, your outlook on the, the whole race weekend. Well, I'll, I'll mention one thing. It's only 117 days to the Daytona 500, first of all. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I, was, Larry I, I, I love that um, that interview with Noah Gregson. I mean, what I took away from that right there, two things. One, that's a that's a racer, and he wasn't going to get distracted by the championship hoopla. He's like, I come out here to win races, and basically the championship will take care of itself. And And the other thing I got from him is they're all chasing Kyle Larson like he's the demon. So that being said, man, what a great weekend. The weather was close to perfect, uh, an excellent facility. Um, boy, easy to get around. I, I highly recommend it. Well, Tom, man, uh, good luck. I'm going to let you know when I get to my destination this afternoon. I'm traveling. Tom, what, you got a three-and-a-half-hour drive? I got I got probably closer to four hours through uh, Miami traffic, but um, I'll give you a shout out when I uh, when I hit home, when I hit when I hit the well, I, uh, racing garage of the number three machine, the racing shop. I made I made it to my destination that I wanted to out of uh, Orlando. Made it up and on the on the way out, Kyle called early. I was awake, suffering from <laughs> from walking so much this weekend, but uh, Tom man enjoyed it. Uh, I definitely want you to come back on when we have Frank. This I think we've come up. This will be your 45th, 46th year consecutive at Daytona. Yes. So we'll be there in the mean, lean number three machine party deck. <laughs> and we're not yeah, hard to find, are we, Tom? <laughs> Absolutely. Come on down. I appreciate it a lot, uh, um, and it's been a great time. I've actually, Tom and I, this will be my 27th, I think, race at Daytona. I come with a strange group of guys, one race, and I've hung with Tom at least 25 years. We, If it's not 26, it's 27, and we've been partying that long, and we've seen Daytona. We'll talk about that, what we how Daytona has evolved over the years, because Tom was there when what actually changed NASCAR when, with the 1979 fight. And uh, we're going to stand on that. It's what brought NASCAR to the, to the forefront from the bad weather up on the East Coast. That was that was something, and uh, I appreciate you having me. And uh, one thing I always say: the worst time I ever had at a race was great. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Kyle, hit Kyle's button and let's listen to Kyle Larson. 
win number three this year, guys. And get started with our media availabilities here at Homestead Miami Speedway for today's 60 Vodka 400. We are joined by the crew chief of the race-winning car, which was the number five Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolet, uh, Cliff Daniels. We will go ahead and open it up to questions. Uh, we'll start up here with Holly and then go to Jordan. Hi, Holly Kane with the NASCAR Wire Service. I guess the big question is, what was the speech that Kyle referred to and, and that you gave the team that, that really seemed to make a difference to them? Today? Yeah, it was pretty colorful. Um, if you look at the five cars throughout the course of this season, <clears throat> we've had great cars. So on performance, we have not been down. It's been execution. And it's execution from me, the guys on pit road, Kyle at times, and uh, you know we've had so many fast cars that I've been getting frustrated showing up at the racetrack knowing that we're going to have another fast car, and, and even you know having a, a sliver of doubt of our execution because I know that our team, when we're at our full potential, we have a lot of potential. So uh, I went through you know our playoffs and, and how many mistakes that we've made since the start of the playoffs and how many of those things have been in our hands that we have had control over and we just haven't, you know, as a team, and, and really it starts with me, we haven't done a great job of grasping. And, uh, you know, my, my words today were focus and discipline. And uh, it takes a lot of focus and a lot of discipline to run the fence for all the laps that he did. Uh, and it takes a lot of focus and dis discipline to go through seven or eight pit stops like we did today. And, and the guys had a phenomenal day on pit road. So that, uh, that was really the, the moral of it because, you know, he knows we've had great race cars. I know we've had great race cars. And for whatever reason, somewhere along the way, it's been a little mistake over here in this department. And then we fix that, and then we come back over here and have a little mistake over here, over here, over here. And we just needed a day to get it all to get it all right, and finally did. Uh, before we go to Jordan, we're also joined by the driver of the number five, Kyle Larson. Um, just also a note for everybody, uh, this win today puts the number five in the owner's championship four at Phoenix. Go ahead, Jordan. From Bianchi the Athletic, a couple questions for each of you. Cliff, um, I guess both of you, uh, what does this win mean after the last two weeks, after being eliminated at the Roll Bowl and then obviously what happened last week? Well, it means a lot. It means a lot to the team because, uh, like I was just alluding to, we have such a, a core you know, group and, and, and a lot of strength in our group. I told them all today, the other thing, I'm sorry, Holly, I left this out. Um, I told them if, if we do our job at our worst, we're going to be really good. And if we do our job at our best, we're going to be great. So that's the window of really good to great if we would just do our job, and, uh, and we did today. So it means a lot to everybody at Hendrick Motorsports who have been giving us fast race cars all year long. Uh, I know it means a lot to Mr. H. I don't even think it quite sank into him yet when you know, we were talking about it in Victory Lane that we were locked into the owner's deal uh, in Phoenix. But, yeah, I mean, the Roval was disappointing to get knocked out of you know, the, the driver championship. But to have the reflection on the team be that we're still in it, you know, we, we've had a, a very character-building year, and we've had to be tough through the adversity and learn from our mistakes. Uh, to still be in it and have a shot is uh, it's pretty special. Are each approaching next week at championship? What's that? Maybe we we ready for championship? Um, <clears throat> I mean, the championship race was in Martinsville, so uh, I, I don't know. I mean, go in there and, and try to to win another one. I guess you know, try and. Have a great day, which I haven't had many of them at Martinsville, but um, you know I feel like we had a good test there a couple months back, and um, I don't know. You know, it's a, it's a difficult place for me. I would love to just honestly not set my goals that high, uh, but but realistic, and and I think a top five is realistic, and 
Um, you know, I think our, our team is obviously capable of it. Our, our car is capable of it. And I uh, just got to <clears throat> put together 500 good laps and a good rhythm. That's where you know, I, I struggle. It just takes me a minute to get into a rhythm, and, and uh, it's just a difficult place. So glad that, glad that we were able to win today. And, um, you know, like last year we won, we won the first race of this round, and then today we won this round, or this race of this round, and uh, haven't had to quite worry about Martinsville. So, um, yeah, thankful for that. And, and, and two, with the, the bad points day that we had last week as well, you know, I, I felt uh, not that we were in a must-win to make it to the owner's title part of it, but um, you know, we needed to have a great day, and we were able to win both stages and didn't want to screw that up at the end of this race either, but uh, I knew winning was going to be the most important thing to uh, not have to worry about next week. I'm sorry, I'm at Phoenix. When you go to Phoenix, are you going to be thinking championship? I apologize. Oh, yeah. Duh. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> yeah, we're in. Yeah, we're in. yeah I, I mean... <laughs> when, I mean... Yeah, I, I view myself as... Yes, my, if I say we were to win Phoenix, like, my name isn't going to be on the, the championship, uh, but, you know, having our team be the, the champion, I think, is, is honestly better than... That, you know, like, I would hate to be in Ryan Blaney's position. I think he's the one that's only in on driver, not owner. I would hate to be in his position and say he wins the championship and he is credited with the championship and not his team. So if I was to have it one way or the other, I would rather be out on my end and, and be able to celebrate the team championship. So um, I'm happy that we get to go compete for that again. And, and honestly, that's that's what, you know, that's the paycheck, too, so uh, we're going to go for that, and um, you know, we're fired up about it. And last one for me, Kyle. Uh, the incident with Martin on pit road, from your perspective, what happened? Yeah, from my, my perspective, I mean, I'm, I'm just running my pit road speed, and I'm running my lights. Um, I'm trying to stay on those as consistent as I can, and <clears throat> you know, it's, I think I had a few feet from my front bumper to his rear bumper, and um, you know, usually you, you peel off and you're still in the gas, um, until you know you got a, a the guy's got a lane to go by, and he started to peel off, and then all of a sudden he like slammed on the brakes, and I hit him. I didn't really have any time to react, you know. I was so close to him, so um, I didn't know at the time if like he was trying to get me to check up and and play games or anything. But um, it sounded like he just you know, misjudged where his pit stall was. This this is the hardest pit road to find your pit stall when it gets to that time of a day. You know, the sun is about straight in your eyes. You got debris all over your windshield. I've missed my pit stall here before um, because of that. So I, I assume that's probably what happened. I haven't heard his comments or anything, but I hope that's what happened because, I mean, I'm just running my pit road, my pit road lights. You know, they're not counting me into his pit stall. So I'm just trying to maintain what I'm doing, and, and he got to the brakes really hard. And, and hate that I spun him because he had a, a great day going and, and a great car, but uh, just unfortunate. We'll go up here in the front. And just for everyone, if you can make sure to hold the top half of the microphone so your hand doesn't interfere with the um, receiver on the bottom. I don't, Kyle. Congratulations. You know, you wear that Hendricks Motorsports thing proud, but when you talk about competing for the owner's championship and all that, you often think about the great drivers that have passed through the Hendricks chain, like Jeff Gordon, and the list goes on and on, and how you're trying to keep that continuity going with the tradition that that brand holds. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, what is it? He, I think Rick's going for his 14th or 15th? 15th. 15th, you know, championship as a team owner. That's that's remarkable. You know, that's that's obviously a great feat in itself being where he's at currently. And um, he's got four great drivers, four great teams that he can be confident in that can go chase to win a championship. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy that, that we are locked in to, to try and you know, bring him his 15th. And, um, you know, it, uh, it means a lot, too. You know, he's he's got such a successful history in the sport. And, and when you think of team owners and teams, Hendrick Motorsports is is the bar. It, they, they are the best team. And um, it's an honor to race for him and, and everything that they have built. And uh, I hope that I can do my part to, to bring him his 15th. We're going to go over to the left for a couple of questions. Jerry Jordan, kicking the tires.net. Kyle, I talked to several drivers post-race, and they said when you get up against the wall like you do and get hooked up, you are gone. And that's we saw that kind of today, Ross and, and AJ, they couldn't catch you. What is it about this track and the way you drive? Because sometimes, obviously, you get into the wall and it doesn't work out, but it, it paid off today. Well, I, I, think, I think today, honestly, it paid off because we finally have a car strong enough for me. Um, yeah, I can get in the wall, and it's not going to flatten your tire or, or, you know, mess up your aerodynamics. Um, so I got in the wall probably three or four times today, a decent amount, um, to where it would have been with the old car probably a pit stop, you know, and I, I would have killed my race. So, you know, thankfully this car, I think, played into my, my favor a lot because I, I do push the limits more than, than others. Um, you can see it in the right side of my car. That's pretty obvious, but uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a fun track, and and it it uh, it honestly reminds me so much of Eldora. You know, both ends of the racetrack. You know, they're they're different. You run on the wall, but they're exactly the same to Eldora. You know, one and two at Eldora, you run to a, if you're on the wall, it runs to a point where it's really sharp. Three and four is more sweeping, but same thing. You know, the the, the closer you can enter the wall. Typically, the, the faster you can go. So, I just, you know, I would say myself and Reddick and, and Noah in the Xfinity Series kind of have a feel for it, and um, it helps too. And you have a great car. You know, my my car was amazing up against the wall. You know, it, it also has to handle how you want it to, and, and it did everything I wanted it to against the wall. You know, the ride quality was great in the three. It uh, it turned where I needed it to turn on entry, so I could carry speed. It turned on exit, so I could. Just stay committed to the throttle. Um, it wasn't too loose on exit or too tight where I had to, you know, bail out of the throttle at all. So it was a good car to go along, you know, with the comfort, I guess, that I have up there. Before we continue on, does anyone have any more questions for Cliff before we let him go? All right. Thank you for joining Thanks. us. Congratulations. And we'll continue on with Kyle. And it's one of the South Florida Media Network. Kyle, first of all, huge congratulations on the win here from Homestead to Miami. I want to talk about that, really that last caution that happened with roughly 21 laps to go where you were trying to chase down Martin Truex Jr. to the end. Once that caution came out, were there any adjustments? And if so, what kind of adjustments were those? You should ask Cliff that. <laughs> <laughs> well, behind the wheel at least. <laughs> Small air pressure, I think, adjustment. So um, it didn't really feel like it did much for me. But um, I was thankful for the caution because, honestly, you know, Ross let me go, and I was, I was very thankful for that. So, um, 
and I and I thought I was gonna be able to catch Martin pretty quickly. You know, I was I was looking at my lap times and running really strong lap times. You know, I was running teens and twenties and a few thirties against the wall and I mean I was better than I was running all race long and I was like, Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna if I keep this pace up I'll catch him quick but it seemed like I was probably only catching him a half a tenth or, or less a lap and um I don't think I would have been able to get to him and pass him. So uh was happy for the caution. Uh just to give ourselves an opportunity for a restart and, and you know, things that to happen. You know, a good pit stop, come out the leader, get to pick the lane you wanted to pick and um yeah, it just worked out so um just uh, grateful for a fast car and, and, and the caution when it came out. Just a quick follow-up as well. It's your first win at the Homestead Miami Speedway in the NASCAR Cup Series. So what does that mean for you, especially at a track that you really do relatively well at? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it means a lot. Um, I don't know what my career lap sled is here, but it's it's got to be close to 1,000 laps led in the Cup Series, maybe 800 or so thrown the Xfinity series probably well over a thousand um that's pretty remarkable I feel like for somebody under 10 years of cup experience but um I just yeah I haven't gotten the win um whether it be just you know I, I've got a list of excuses uh, of why it is I've never won here um but you know hey it uh it doesn't matter you we got it done today and uh you know, I think it makes it feel even more special to that. You know, I've had to wait since I think I ran my first um, Homestead Cup Series race here in 2013. So, going on close to 10 years, um, you know, nine years I guess since since my first time here. And um, yeah, I love this place. You know, here in Bristol are by, by far my favorite tracks. They're you know, by far my most successful tracks too, as far as lap sled go. So. Um, Glad that uh, I can add my name to the winners list finally. I wish the the, the boat was still part of the uh, the win, but uh, I guess it's not. Thanks. Additional questions for Kyle? All right, we can have a follow -up, one follow up here. You know, Kyle, you talk about this being one of your favorite tracks, but once upon a time, this was a very flat track when I was here a while back. Can you imagine what it would have been like if you had raced on an entirely different track flat versus what you are on now? Um, I think that was way before my time, <clears throat> so I'm glad I never had to race on, on that uh, just because I feel like this track suits my style a lot. Um, I honestly haven't even probably seen a lap of this track before it was reconfigured to this. Um, on any highlights or anything. I, I mean, I'd heard that it was kind of like Indianapolis, um, which I, I enjoy Indy. Um, I always ran good there um, when I would run you know, the Brickyard 400. But um, this place just suits my style. I love tracks that have two straightaways, progressive banking, and a wall that you can run. So um, I wish there was more of these places um, on our circuit. And... and uh, would benefit me, but uh, that's that's kind of selfish. But uh, no, I, I'm. I hope they never repave this place either. Um, you, it's it's perfect. It's perfect, and it continues to get better.
All right, Rowdy, we heard from you Sunday's Cup winner. All right. I, I wasn't sure, Kyle. I couldn't see it was over. So, you know, some, in the deadline room, sometimes people put their finger over the – that picks it up and you don't get to hear the – actually, Steph told them, hey, move your finger and we'll be able to hear what you got to, to ask. But, you know, Kyle, don't want to keep hammering on the subject, but he said it that track fits him. We seen it. We knew it was going to fit him because we see the style of racing Kyle is. Noah had it. If you went out there and run the high line and you had a little bit of luck, you was going to do good. Kyle, uh, so let's, uh, what you got to close us out here today. It's been a good show. I appreciate Tom calling in uh, and giving us his outlook on the race weekend. Yeah, Rowdy, uh, three good races at Homestead Miami Speedway, at least from what it looked like. Uh, good to see that track. It's more of a driver's race track, and that's kind of why I've always enjoyed going there, whether it's been championship weekend or not. Um, definitely think it's one of the staples on the schedule. And like I said earlier, uh, good thing they redid it in 2003. Um, that pa- that track was able to pass. Even uh, You know, and I... I know Larson said he doesn't want to repave, but I think even if you repave it, it's not going to make much of a difference for Audi because they were still able to pass on the repave in 2003. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to see what's going to happen with that. You know, it's been 20 years since, since 2003 since, the re, since they redid it. And, uh, yeah, busy weekend in the Northeast, uh, in Williams Grove Speedway, the $75,000 to win National Open rescheduled from October 1st, won by Lance DeWeese, led every lap of the race, all 40 laps. Uh, Posse's been looking really good this year, Rowdy. Um, still have one sprint car race left that I know of. I think there's, I think, actually, I'm sorry, I think there's two. Um, we're gonna, we have Sprintoberfest at Bridgeport, Bridgeport, Bridgeport Motorsports Park uh, in Swedesboro, New Jersey, this weekend, uh, the October 28th through the 30th. I'm hoping to get there on Sunday. Uh, 40 lap feature for the 410 sprint cars, 15,000 to win. Also, a 40-lap feature for the USAC East Coast Wingless Sprints and also the, U, the United Racing Club 360 Sprints. So that's kind of what I'm, I'm planning on Sunday. Uh, racing is starting at 3, depending on what's going on. And just so you know, if you are listening, the Phillies World Series game will not interfere with Bridgeport Motorsports Park. So I um, just looked at the World Series schedule today. Um, that's now decided, the Phillies and the Astros, but again, the uh, the gaming, the scheduling of the World Series games will have no effect because Bridgeport Motorsports Park is about 15 minutes from the Philadelphia International Airport. So, um, But other than that, Rowdy, uh, Orange County Fair Speedway looking like they're going to be done uh, 103 years. Uh, have the Eastern States 200 on Sunday. Matt Shepard holding off Stuart Friesen for that one. Man, Stuart Friesen just had a bad one. Just no luck for Stuart Friesen. He ran strong in the truck race, the third not good enough. Uh, 34th to 5th in the, in the small block modified on Saturday night at Orange County Fair Speedway, and then uh, 37th to 2nd in the Eastern States 200. So uh, not a bad run for Stuart Friesen, and uh, just unfortunate they couldn't make it to the championship four. I thought they were really good. Um, I thought Stuart Friesen had a really good shot at winning the title, you know, with, with it being the last year with Kyle Busch Motorsports and Toyota. So, uh yeah, Rowdy, I know we didn't really talk much, but Stuart Friesen has a big question mark, too. With next year's, what are they going to do? So, um, But, yeah, yeah uh, interesting to see. I'm glad you got the weekend in. I'm glad it was just a little shower. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't be there. I, I wound up passing on it. But uh, 
hoping to get to Daytona here in February for my next NASCAR race. Never seen the Arkham and Art Series race there before, so uh, I'd like to get to New Smyrna. Um, Rowdy, I don't know if you heard, New Smyrna canceled the races the rest of the year um, due to the damage from the hurricane. So um, that's kind of all I got, you know, kind of wrapping up around here, trying to get to a race here before it's, before November hits and before uh, we're snowed in. So uh, winter's not far away, Rowdy, and we're almost done here in, in the Northeast with racing for the year. Well, Kyle, I hope you get to get to one in at Orange County. Uh, everybody needs one more. Hopefully, I'm going to get one more, but I don't want everybody to remember. You got the All-American 400 this weekend. I need to get a hold of Adam, and let's have him on Thursday night, Kyle. Uh, Buddy Coford's going to be there, too. Do what, Kyle? They said Buddy Colford plans on being there, too. You're absolutely right, Buddy, on the show last week. And uh, let's see, Chandler Smith will be there. There's a, there's a good chance a lot of folks, good drivers. I mean, they always have really great drivers. But you see some NASCAR drivers step in. Kids have been driving Cup, or uh, not Cup pretty much, but Xfinity and Trucks. Rowdy, before we go, uh, I'm going to play Homestead one last time, all right? All right. Homestead, Miami. It's everything we all think of when we think Miami, but so much more. NASCAR Playoffs Weekend at Homestead Miami Speedway, October 22nd through the 23rd. Get your tickets now at homesteadmiamispeedway.com. All right, Rowdy, last, last time we hear that probably till next year. Absolutely, Kyle. Uh, everybody, hey, we got Thursday night. Should have uh, somebody from the All-American 400 and National uh, Fairgrounds. Well, actually, Fairgrounds Speedway of National. Let me get it right. Uh, we'll Rowdy, I'll try to grab a guest from Bridgeport, okay? Okay. Sometimes it's difficult doing these shows live while you're driving down the road. And uh, also, Jake, uh, hey, Daytona Tom was live it at campsite. So uh, we'll be back Thursday night. We'll have a couple of guests, and we're going to talk race before guys keep that light shining and take somebody racing. It's working. I want to thank everybody homestead, Miami, Speedway for the absolutely wonderful weekend. Al has a great staff that works for him full time. Kelsey, local Brittany, Frank Gillis. I think the list goes on. I ain't seen Jim Wild. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate you, man, for everything all that car does. We'll be back Thursday night to talk about the four.